Don't tax collectors do the same? Well, I spent several years as a county tax collector, and I loved my family, but he's taking us far, far beyond what that is. All right, so I was sick two days this past week, and it really cut into my preparation time for this homily, so this homily really isn't going to be ready until Tuesday. So you'll just have to wait. So what do we hear? Our first reading. We hear from Leviticus 19. Now, you know, it's like God is inspiring. The Holy Spirit is inspiring the writers of this. And what does he write? You know, he writes, be holy as the Lord your God is holy. So we're called to be holy. And if we look at what else happens in there, what do we hear in that reading? We also hear, do not take revenge. Wow. And actually, it skips over, our reading skips over several verses. And in those verses, it goes into more depth about how we should treat others with justice. Twice it says, do not steal. Like, must have been a problem. And... Also, care for the poor. And what does it say in the line of caring for the poor? It says, well, when you harvest your field or your vineyard, don't take all the produce. Leave some of it around the edges so that the poor can glean from it, so that they can find sustenance. So he's concerned, you know, here we hear God calling us to be concerned about the poor. And this is Leviticus, back in the Old Testament, when we think, oh, it's all bad, you know. It's like, it's not. He's calling the children of Israel to live for God. So he tells them, do not take revenge. So that's our first reading. And St. Paul, in our second reading, writing his first letter to the Corinthians, he says to them, Remember that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So, remember Jesus promised to send the Holy Spirit, and that happens on Pentecost. So, if you're a Christian, you've received the Holy Spirit. When you were baptized, you were anointed as priest, prophet, and king, receiving the Holy Spirit. It's all part of the baptism that you received. So you have the Holy Spirit. And so St. Paul's reminding us, live as if you have the Holy Spirit in you, as if the Holy Spirit is with you, and be open to where that Holy Spirit will lead you. And St. Paul also goes on in that reading to say, and remember, the wisdom of the world is foolish. In other words, turn everything on its head. And what do we hear in our gospel? Jesus starts, he says, oh, you know, you heard it said that an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, if someone strikes you, turn the other cheek. Now, of course, that's exactly the way we think anyways as fallen humans. We're always ready to turn the other cheek, right? Yeah, right. Very difficult. He raises that bar pretty high for us. So let's go back to Leviticus. If we go to Leviticus and look at that eye for an eye, that shows up in Leviticus 20, 25, I think it is. Now, and in there, it's like trying to change the way people think and the way they act and behave. So we want to think about it. And it's like our fallen human nature really wants to take revenge. And in that time period, 
you know, what happens if somebody injured another person? It's likely that that other person's family is going to come back and wipe out the family. So, in a sense, saying, oh, you're limited to an eye for an eye or a tooth for a tooth is a first step towards mercy, a first step towards turning things on its head. You can't just take revenge. And we hear that earlier in Leviticus, our first reading in Leviticus 19, take no revenge. So you can't do that. It's like it's what God's telling us, change how you think, change how you live, and really change your heart. Jesus is taking Leviticus and taking it to another level. He's also taking Ezekiel and saying, here's where you need to be. So in Ezekiel, I think it's 36, he says, I want to take out your stony hearts and give you hearts made for love. I want you to have hearts made for love. Extremely difficult for us. It's hard. We need God's grace to be able to do that. We need His grace. So we want to be able to say yes to His grace. But then when we have that grace, we say, now what do I do? So he goes on further. Let's say, what's, his next, what's that next passage we hear in the gospel today? He says, oh, it used to be said, love your neighbors and hate your enemies. But I say to you, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Well, that's another tough one for us, isn't it? You know, not an easy thing. It's hard for us to wrap our heads around that. But love your enemies. First, we have to say, what does it mean to love? It doesn't necessarily mean we have to like them or, good, or be pals with them. But it does mean we want to be concerned about them, that they will have the very best. So when I've worked with couples who are getting married, I say, oh, you love each other. Well, what you want to do is you're making a decision to work for the very best for your spouse. And what is that very best? That very best is that they come to see God face to face. They come to know God and to see Him face to face. So in loving our enemies, we want to do the same thing. We want to pray for our enemies and act in a way that helps them to see that God loves them. So we want to be able to share God's message, maybe by the way we treat them, but also by praying for them. And a great example of that kind of thing, and not exactly an enemy, but a similar analogy would be if we take a reflect on uh, it's Abby Johnson. She was a manager of a Planned Parent facility, Planned Parenthood facility in Texas. And there was a group of people who prayed regularly outside of that facility. And they were always polite and friendly to her, praying for her. And she knew they were there and there was no animosity as such. And the day came when she finally understood the horror of what it was that she was doing or what was happening in this facility that she was managing. And she was, you know, she was horrified and ran out of there looking for some place to go, but she knew she had a place to go. These people had been praying for her, and she knew they had a clinic not far away. She went there and snuck in the back door, knocking on the back door. She got in the back door. They, they just brought her in. It's like, here, have a cup of coffee, sit down, relax. We love you. We don't love what was happening, but we love you, and they cared for her. Of course, now you probably are aware she goes around the 
country carrying a pro-life message as a you know, faithful Catholic mother. So that change, because she knew a place to go, because people had prayed for her and loved her. So we're called to do something like that for people we run into, to pray for them and love them. Again, not easy. We can only do it with God's grace. We can only do it because he gives us the grace to do it. He sends us his Holy Spirit. And we need to be able to say yes to his Holy Spirit. And in doing that, what we do is we give someone who is violent, nasty, unpleasant to us, a chance to see God's love, a chance to be converted, a chance for them to heal. So that's what, we're call- that's what Jesus is calling us to do. And St. Paul is telling us, you know what, you're turning the world on its head. You know, the wisdom of the world is foolish, so follow God's wisdom instead. So that's what he's calling us to do. So we, was- we want to be saying yes to God, and he promises to help us. He promises to you know, build up that Holy Spirit in us, but we have to say yes to the Holy Spirit. We have to be saying, yes, open my heart more fully to the Holy Spirit. And he also promises to be with us. You know, in a few minutes, we'll receive his real presence, his body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist. As you receive the Eucharist today, as you receive him, ask him to be with you. Ask him to strengthen you. Ask him to strengthen that Holy Spirit in you that you can follow his commands. Now, on Wednesday, we begin the season of Lent, a season of prayer and penance. So maybe in this season of Lent, you can say, you know, how can I pray that I will have more of the Holy Spirit active in my life so that as I go through the season of Lent and pray for that strengthening of the Holy Spirit in my life, that stirring up the Holy Spirit, that I will be able to follow what we hear at the beginning of Leviticus and what we hear at the end of our gospel passage today. You'll be holy as the Lord your God is holy. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect.